You're about to enter the most electrifying NFL talk show you have ever experienced. From up-to-the-minute news and notes to... Uh, who am I kidding? God, it's a wrap. Let's try this again. It's the After Further Review Podcast with Connor Forrest. Want to get involved? Send us an email to mailbag at connorforrest.com. For your questions to be read on air. Okay. Here we go. Five. Six. Five. And now, broadcasting from the great Commonwealth of Virginia. The, uh, the heart valves after uh, this last Thanksgiving week. They're okay. They're not too bad. How about how are yours? Not gonna lie, dude. I'm pretty close to having the coronary here. I'm really, <laughs> really close. You know, and this is the thing when you get married, you get the two family Thanksgiving bit, right? So you got the Thursday, you know, you switch the families every year. One family gets a Thursday, the other gets a Friday. But, dude, from, from now until, well, probably the rest of the time here, it's a two Thanksgiving situation. And to be totally honest with you, I can't complain. Um, I'd say between the two days, I mean, it had to have been 12,000 calories. I mean, there's just, there's no, there's no doubt about it that, I mean, a two plated each time. I think the Friday, I three plated it. Um, just badass, badass crazy eating weekend. But, you know, one of the best holidays that no one really talks too much about until it's here, you know? Do you ever hear anyone yeah. talk about Thanksgiving like in May or April like, or July? Only Christmas. Only, Only Christmas. Christmas. Talk about Christmas. People bring up Halloween because they like the theme of all of it. Like, do they really bring up Thanksgiving as much until it kind of just happens? Like, no. It just comes. And by the way, it's a 10. It's the absolute best. So was it, was it good for you? What would you do? What was your uh, Thanksgiving? What did that look like? I went down to my grandparents in North Carolina, the ones that I live with, and Fantastic. we always do that every year. Uh, my grandfather loves to cook, so he always does a you know big Thanksgiving meal. Uh, it was good though. It was I would say it was pretty healthy. Lots of vegetables, uh, yeah. you know, some potatoes, a little bit of turkey. Not that many uh, carbs. Kind of a little bit of carbs. We okay. try to go a little light on the dessert, although you know sugar cookies are pretty good. Mm. Um, so maybe had like twenty of those, but that, other than that, <laughs> I was uh, I was pretty good. Um, I, I would say my calorie total was probably 800 maybe for one day. 800? Isn't too bad. That's yeah, maybe a little more. You should apologize for that. First of all, that's embarrassing. You, that is the most embarrassing thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, first of all, carbs should be everywhere. Um, desserts, you should go off. My mother-in-law makes a chocolate pie. That is just, you know, I don't know. It's just I'm not living past 55. It's just it's not happening. <laughs> but it's ridiculous, dude. Absolutely ridiculous. So, yeah, man. I mean, I put this question out. I got a bunch of good responses. But I'm kind of curious as to what your go-to must-have thing on your Thanksgiving plate is. What is that for you? Uh, so many good choices. I will have to say... Uh, all right. It it is a carb. I'll say the rolls, okay. buttered rolls. Okay. Uh, for, for some reason, it just it contrasts very well with everything else. Sure. What about you? No, I mean rolls are fantastic. I mean, if it's not stuffing, I'm not. I, if there's not stuffing on the plate, I don't know if you can call it Thanksgiving. I don't know what it is. Um, stuffing is my favorite thing on the planet. It's just so so good. It's just bread is what it is, and it's who doesn't like bread? Uh, stuffing is. Just the greatest thing on the planet. I mean, mac and cheese. People like to argue whether mac and cheese is not uh, is a Thanksgiving side or not. It is. In case everyone who says it's not is incorrect, it is. Um, and it's delicious. It's wonderful. Uh, my wife made unbelievable mac and cheese this past weekend. It was just killer. Um, you know, everyone loves to crap on turkeys. They just love to say, oh, turkey isn't good. It's dry. It's not good. I get it. I get it. So we're not going to overplay that. I think turkey is a great vessel in which we transport the stuffing. The mashed potatoes, the gravy, down the faces. You know what I'm saying? 
Oh, I think, yeah. I think that that's kind of how we need to view Turkey is it's a vessel. It's not necessarily a thing. And also, the vessel doesn't have to be that great. It doesn't necessarily matter. It just is what it is. But listen, if it goes down all at once, more power to you. <laughs> it's just the best thing ever. But I hope everybody out there had a very happy Thanksgiving. Because um, I'm sure I know we did. Um, and I'm glad Shawnee did as well. Uh, plenty to get to as week 12 is now in the rearview mirror. So at a full transparency, last week, Sean, I did a solo episode. And what happened was I was having some pretty ridiculous technical difficulties, which I don't, I'm not quite sure what seems to be the issue in the last few weeks, but I've been having mic issues. And so I recorded an entire episode and I was about to post it. And that exact ringing issue that we had on one of our first episodes we ever recorded, um, mm-hmm. it just resurfaced and I couldn't post it. And it was just like the worst. Cause you know, you, you spend oh. an hour making an episode and, and all that. And by the time it's over, um, so by the time it was kind of over and I had gone a bit super late, I was recording late, um, Wednesday comes around and I'm just like, you know what, I can't post this, but I, I, you know, Thanksgiving week was well underway and at that point I just didn't have time. So apologies to everybody. You are getting your first episode in a week, which is just ridiculous, but it's what it is. Now, I could go back and I could give you a review of week 11, but the reality is, is we're just moving forward. That's what we do. We, we have to move forward because... We are soldiers, and we are marching right on through this football season. And as the year progresses here, it is constantly a reminder of the fact that we don't know anything about football. We don't. No one does. Because just every week, there's just stories, games, storylines, maybe injuries, star players not playing well, players you don't know playing like stars, where you just, you're not quite sure where things are going. But I'll tell you this much, Shawnee, right as we're about to transition our way into reviewing Week 12. It's getting cold out there. I'm looking at the calendar here, and it says, as this is marked, for our our date mark guy, the guy who likes to know when we record this, on the 29th of November, it's chilly outside. We're working our way right into December, and this is when stuff matters. This is when Mm -hmm. stuff really, really matters. And this is when games start to matter, right? And this is when teams, when they're getting healthy, it starts to really matter. Tonight, we're, we're getting ready to watch, you know, Washington play Seattle. I mean, that's going to be a really fun game, and I hope it is, and I, I hope Washington wins. But look around the league and look at some of these teams, the Patriots, Cincinnati, Washington, dot, 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 question mark. Teams that are starting to get healthy and play well at the right time. Sometimes that's all that matters. And we get caught up in the nonsense of everything else in the league and all the stories and all the free agency and all the draft prospects and all this nonsense that we don't remember the fact that when you start playing well and getting healthy at the right time, that can sometimes be all that matters. So what happened last year at Washington. It's kind of what's trajecting in a way now. I don't know. I don't know. They could get blown out by Seattle. Who knows? But look at the Patriots. Again, since I, you go through the list, you can see teams, the 49ers, like teams that are just kind of like figuring it out right now. So it's going to be really, really fun. And I know we didn't get to the week 11. You guys didn't get a review of week 11, but I think week 12 is actually going to mirror a little bit of what week 11 was. And it seems that are starting to scuffle a little bit and teams that are starting to rise a little bit. So we're going to get into everything. I want to thank our sponsor, Anchor FM, as always, uh, for helping keep the lights on and helping support the podcast. Um, But Sean, is it time to just dive straight into the week that was for week 12? It is. And I think we should start with probably the most exciting game of the week. Yes. It was on Thanksgiving. Oh, this is amazing. Chicago, <laughs> it was the Chicago Bears in Detroit taking on the Lions, that classic 1230 uh, start that Detroit always has on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, Chicago ended up winning it on a field goal, 16 to 14. Yeah, this game was just, you know, it was as bad as we thought it would be, which kind of sucked because part of me was hoping that it was going to end up being one of those games where you felt Hey, maybe it's not as bad. Maybe this is fun. Maybe they, they both are terrible. They're not playing for anything, but this will end up being fun. Um, it was as bad, if not worse, than you could ever imagine. Um, Cairo Santos had a 28-yard field goal as time expired to win, but it just, you know, you can't leave that game feeling anything but just awful. Um, look, the Lions are a team that you know for a fact they're bad for a reason, Right, they're they're bad because they're not playing for this year. They're they're playing for draft position. They're playing to completely rebuild. And Chicago's not now. I know you're without Justin Fields and Andy Dalton jumps in there, but it just 
what is the even direction of Chicago right now? Like, what, you know, you go into a Detroit Lions team that is purposefully, like, at this point, it's very obvious they're purposefully trying to lose, and you eke out a win. Um, you know, it's that lame duck kind of feel with Chicago, right? Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, you just feel like they're not going to be in the positions that they're in right now next year. And it just feels like it's slowly, it's a, it's a boat without a motor, slowly crawling its way towards a waterfall. And it's just, that's just how it feels if you're Chicago right now. Um, you know, penalties, it was sloppy. It was just kind of a, a, a really gross game. Um, statistically, like nobody on either team was really impressive. Um, you know, Andy Dalton wasn't particularly good. Um, they couldn't get anything going on the ground. David Montgomery um, averaged 2.7 on the ground on 17 carries, 46 yards. So just not a fun game. Um, Darnell Mooney had 123 yards receiving for the Bears on five receptions, had a couple big plays, but not much to break down for this game. Two two rudderless teams, two teams that don't have anything to play for, and, and Chicago just kind of crawled their way to the finish. But, ugh, Shawnee, that's kind of all you have to say about that one. Yeah, it was uh, not a fun game to watch. No. Um, but good for Chicago and Andy Dalton getting the win. You get uh, the, the win. Other two- that, that's exactly. the other thing. You get the win. Sometimes you just got to show up and win, but um, – you know, ew. I just think if you're not in Chicago and you don't have a vested interest in the team, just no. I think everyone moved their nap from four o'clock to twelve o'clock. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Las Vegas went down to Dallas and got the surprise win in overtime, thirty-six to thirty-three. I think Dallas is has now lost two of their last or three of their three last, of the last five. Yeah, three of the last four actually, Shawnee. They've been three on a little bit of four. a skitter here. Um, and it's it's a little bit of a mix of, of both. Look, you put up 33 points offensively, and, and the offense was kind of slow to start with, but they were able to find a little bit of a rhythm as the game started to progress. Um, for this one, I think it was, uh, you know, I thought it was impressive to see Deshaun Jackson finally get himself going. Um, Derek Carr played, I thought, a, a pretty strong game. He, he, again, was a little bit slow to start. Um, 373 and a touchdown through the air. Josh Jacobs. Added a touchdown on the ground, averaged four yards a carry on, on 87 yards. Uh, Derek Carr was able to to do a little bit with his legs, had 21 yards rushing. Um, Hunter Renfro had 134 yards receiving, so he was, a, he was a factor in this game, which is kind of funny because it felt like on third downs, he just kind of showed up and did what he needed to do. And then Deshaun Jackson had um, his big play, three receptions, 102 yards, and a touchdown for him on four targets. I do think the thing about this game to take away from is, is just Dallas is absolutely sputtering right now. Um, it, it does feel like this is a game they just should not have lost. Um, this is a Raiders team coming off a bad loss where you just felt like, oh, man, the the Raiders are going one direction and Dallas are, are kind of going another. Uh, but the Raiders just found a way to win. They stuck around. They played hard. It was a great defensive effort for them, um, at least in the first half for sure. I know Dallas got their offense going. But for Dallas, their defense giving up 36 points is, is a bit inexplicable. Um, and it's it's a it's a team right now that at 7-4, and four, they shouldn't really be 7-4 and four with what they have on paper. And now I'm not even sure. You know, we talked about them a couple weeks ago being, you know, are they NFC favorites? Are they Super Bowl contenders? Are they even locks for the NFC East right now when you got Washington heating up a little bit? I know the Eagles were just abysmal. We'll get to that. Um, I guess Washington at this point has to be – I know the Eagles on paper are still there, but Washington you you feel like has to be the best chance right now of creeping up on them. But Washington right now are two and a half games back, and if they can find a way to win against a bad Seattle team right now, um, barring Russell Wilson doesn't just come out of nowhere and do something, they're a game and a half back on Dallas, which is – which is kind of ridiculous to think over the last three weeks. Um, really impressive win for the Raiders, who just are sticking around. They're very gutsy. Um, they're a team that's dealt with a lot this year, but they're just gutsy. They're figuring it out. They're playing hard, and they're doing it when they need to. And that's literally that's the point of what I said earlier, which is when, you, when you're playing strong at the right time, sometimes that's all that matters. Um, and Dallas, I think, at a time where they need to start playing better, they're now starting to deal with a couple injuries. There's been COVID lists back and forth. Uh, Mike McCarthy, as of today, is on the COVID list. He will not coach for that Thursday game coming up against the Saints. So it's it's um, it's going to be interesting to see how Dallas play out. But their backs, for sure, for the first time uh, all season, are, are kind of against the wall. We'll see how they respond against an awful Saints team. But a really big win for the Raiders on Thanksgiving in front of a, a record-setting 
uh, record-setting audience for a regular season game. So Raiders go to six and five. Dallas dropped to seven and four in Arlington, Texas. All right, the last game on Thanksgiving was Buffalo in New Orleans. Big win for the Bills, thirty-one to six. Yeah, Bills just just straight up kicked their ass. Um, the Saints are just. You know, the Saints, unfortunately, at, at five and six, um, they look at this point like a bottom feeder. Now, are they a bottom feeder? Were they this whole season? No. Jameis Winston going out, you know, really hurts their offensive ceiling for sure. I mean, Alvin Kamara being injured, Mike Thomas being out. Um, they're dealing with uh, with injuries on the offensive line as well. So they're, they're a beat-up team. But at this point, the Saints just have to start getting more creative. Trevor Simeon didn't give them a shot in this game. Um, and I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think they'll be turning to their backup quarterback. I think it's um, I think it's Ian Hill is their backup quarterback. I don't even have a file on this guy. And to be totally honest with you, there's a 60% chance I completely made up that name and it's not even Ian Hill. Uh, but I think he might even get the nod Thursday against Dallas because Trevor Simeon has just been so bad. Um, I, I don't quite know why they decided to roll with that at the bye week when when you felt like they were still in the mix. Uh, but the Saints are, are treading in the in the um, trending in the wrong direction, um, and for the Bills, this is kind of their weird, you know, they're they're on and off again, turning on and off the light switch on their season, where you feel like, wait, what team are they? What what team is their offense? What what does this defense look like? One week the defense looks like they're unstoppable, aka against the Saints on Thursday night. Um, the next week, Josh Allen looks bad. Then he's an MVP. Then he's great. Then he's okay. It's just it's a weird on and off season for the Bills, but we've seen enough good for us to not just discount them. We we've seen enough good from Josh Allen to believe, hey, this guy, he might not be a favorite MVP candidate anymore, but he's still up there and he still makes throws that very few people on the planet can do. So we'll see. We'll see about the Bills. I, I don't know how to really feel about them yet. I think we're just going to have to give it a little bit of time. I kind of put them in that Cincinnati range where you just, you don't know how to feel about them. But uh, I, I do genuinely believe that if, if they're going to get hot right now is the time. Um, and it's, it's, I think it is now or never time for the bills. Um, but starting with a 31 to six win on Thanksgiving in uh, the Metrodome, um, not the Metrodome, the Superdome, go do it, man. Go do it. It's a big win for the bills. And it's seven and four. Um, it was a must win. It was an absolute must win, but, and they got it, and they did it in pretty pretty good fashion there, Shawnee. Yeah, I agree. Uh, although it's not good for a Patriots fan. I think the Bills no. are now just half a game behind a game, something like that. I mean, and Shawnee, um, how, how do you feel in terms of the the AFC East there? Do you, I mean, if, if you were to I, – I, I believe they play again this year, correct? We have not played them yet. We played them twice. You played them twice. Wow. We so. played them on Monday Night Football after – oh, no, that's this – Obviously not tonight. The next Monday Night Football, um, we play them, and then we're we That's have a bye. We go, we have the indie game, which I am going to. I got my tickets two days Ooh. ago. I'm going to Indianapolis to watch the Patriots. Wow! And I know, exciting. And then I think we host the Bills. So we actually we have them with only one game in a bye, separating the two games. Um, but to get back to your question, I think uh, it's, it's hard to say. Playing in Buffalo is going to be tough because it's a primetime game. That place is going to be electric. Big division rivalry. I, you know, People know that the winner of that game is probably going to have a better chance at winning the division. Uh, I would say if New England, just given that they're currently ahead of Buffalo by a game in the division, if we beat them at least once, I think we'll be okay because we close out the season against Jacksonville and Miami, uh, which should be wins. Um, but if I mean, if we if we lose both games, I think Buffalo wins the division. If we split, I think we win it. And obviously, if we win both games, I think that's New, New England easily wins the division. Yeah, that's going to be very entertaining, man. If that's it's next be week's fun. Monday night game, gosh, that's going to be so fun. Yeah, you and I might have to get together and watch that one. We're just going to have to do that, Shawnee. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> B-dubs. We'll find a deal at B-dubs. Yes, sir, we will. Yes, sir, <laughs> all right. we will. Uh, all right. Uh, let's Actually, speaking of Indy, uh, they hosted Tampa yesterday, and Tampa looked really bad in that first half, uh, but ended up getting the win, uh, the win off of Leonard Fournette's, uh, I think it was four touchdowns, Connor. 
uh, 38-31 win in Indianapolis. Yeah, it just and I was playing. So did two weeks in a row. My fantasy team has played Jonathan Taylor when he went for five touchdowns and Leonard Fournette when he went for four touchdowns, which is is one of just the most painful things to ever watch. Um, just so so unbelievably painful. But yeah, this was a really fascinating game. Um, Tom Brady nine and zero versus Indianapolis since 2010. That does include the playoffs when he was with the uh, with the Patriots. That's kind of your little fun fact there. Um, but no, you're what? right. Nine and zero. Nine and zero, including in the playoffs. Indianapolis first Indianapolis in any capacity. And since when? 2010. Okay. Yep. I was gonna say because we lost the 06 AFC Championship. Yep. 2010. Okay, he's won. 2010. He's won. Uh, yep. He's won nine. Nine straight. So, yeah, this game was really fun to watch because Carson Wentz was actually really good in this game, uh, and their offense was getting going. Um, Carson Wentz made a really, really impressive throw um, on one of uh, Indianapolis's big plays because they weren't really able to run the ball the way they did uh, just a week ago. Jonathan Taylor, uh, look, he averaged five and a half, and he did have a touchdown on the ground, but he only ran the ball 16 times. It's, it's It's a departure from what they did seven days prior um Ashton Doolin had a 62 yard touchdown um Carson Wentz just put it on the money it was an unbelievable throw um Michael Pittman was involved Jack Doyle had a touchdown he was involved T.Y. Hilton had a touchdown he was back involved in this game and I mean the ball was really spread around Mo Alley Cox um Zach Pascal, Jonathan Taylor um Kylan Granson Naeem Himes uh, we talked about T.Y. Hilton and Michael Pittman um Ashton Doolin Jack Doyle all had catches I mean it was really uh, Carson Wentz really spread the ball around 306 yards he did have two picks um, but he threw three touchdowns uh, on 44 attempts um they, it was kind of interesting though because this was I think one of the first games of the year where Tampa Bay were, were really had their backs against the wall um and in a sense going to seven and four um is is a is now officially a problem for Tampa who who haven't looked particularly good in recent weeks um Look, they were down uh, multiple scores, and they said, let's just do this, and they figured it out. I mean, their defense stepped up. They were able to pinpoint and kind of eliminate Jonathan Taylor on the ground. Um, I know that Frank Reich, for some reason, just didn't go to the ground game at all. They didn't really give Jonathan Taylor much of a chance to get going. But the Buccaneers just figured it out. Rob Gronkowski was a huge factor in this game. Um, 123 yards on seven receptions. I mean, he is aging backwards. He's unbelievable. And obviously the big story is Leonard Fournette with 17 carries, 100 yards, three touchdowns, also added a catching touchdown, 31 yards on seven receptions. Um, he was absolutely remarkable yesterday, and it was the the game-sealing touchdown on the final drive that Tom Brady kind of just orchestrated, and it was the Leonard Fournette show on that final drive. It was a couple screens, it was a couple runs up the middle, and it was finally breaking that big run at the end. Um, that was a straw to break uh, the Indianapolis back at six and six. Though I mean, look, this and or the AFC South. Um, I mean, it was a timely, timely loss if you're a Titans fan um, who were staring down the barrel of Indianapolis overtaking you. Um, so it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, this is this was Tom Brady. He played well. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, big factor. You can tell that without Antonio Brown, his Buccaneers offense definitely does take a step back. Um, but it was good to see uh, the defense for the Buccaneers step up in a big way. Um, I do think, to be honest with you, Tom Brady didn't have his sharpest game. Um, he had an interception. He, he threw the ball 34 times. Uh, only threw for 226 yards. Um, so, and, and at least in the in the first half, uh, Tampa also turned the ball over. Um, I believe it was a. Um, I believe they also lost a fumble there. Um, in the first quarter, which is, you know, they, they were just very sloppy. But th- this was this was that comeback win that, that hopefully sparked a little bit of a resilience inside of them that they're going to need going forward. But big win there for Tampa Bay there, Sean. Yeah, I agree. Big win. I was concerned about Tampa a little bit there. But I, I think they'll pull it together. For sure. Uh, come playoff time. All right. Uh, nice boring one for you. The Jets down in Houston get the win 21-14. to Yeah, this just, you know, other than that weird, ridiculous – Zach Wilson interception off of, I guess, the back of Ty Johnson, which was just one of the weirdest, funkiest plays you'll ever see. Um, he did just enough. He did enough. He, he played well. He had that rushing touchdown um, on, on a little bit of a scramble where he showed his athleticism, showed his speed. Um, Zach Wilson being back obviously made a difference there. Um, and the Texans just aren't particularly good. Yeah, I mean, 21-14. to 14, 
Uh, again, the, the name of the game for the Jets is Zach Wilson. Just get him out there, continue to see how he progresses. And for the Texans, let's get the season over with and figure out what in the world we do with whatever Deshaun Watson <laughs> is or wherever he is. I don't even know if he's on the planet anymore. He might have just boarded a rocket ship and just left the solar system. So I think that's the play there for the Texans. But 21-14, man, when you show up on Sunday, your job is to win. The Jets won. So cheers to that. That's it. All right, Dane, I think we cursed him on Facebook. We or definitely on Instagram, did. rather. <laughs> we said, hey, <laughs> we're both picking your Eagles now. Yeah. And the Eagles went to New York, a game that they should have won based on their performances in previous weeks. They lost it 13-7. to I'll mm. be honest, I didn't watch any of this game. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't really much of a reason to watch uh, any of this game. Um, yeah, it was so funny to watch the gamut of uh, the whole spectrum of emotion from Dane on Instagram. Uh, as he got all excited that we picked him, and then slowly as the Eagles were just getting their brakes beaten off, he just kind of walked backwards into the bushes like Homer Simpson. Uh, but <laughs> I got to tell you, man, it was uh, this game sucked. <laughs> let's just let's just call a spade a spade, dude. This game was awful in every way, and I really have to give it to Jalen Hurts for looking so bad. Uh, and you know, as a Skins fan, a Washington fan, whatever the hell you want to call me, I want the Eagles to lose. I just want that to always happen because I don't like them. I want the Giants to always lose, and I want Dallas to always lose. But it is kind of a bummer to see a team that you felt like were on the rise. Look, we can talk all we want about Jalen Hurts' athleticism, his ability to make plays with his feet, and can he really do it. He's not a starting quarterback in the NFL, folks. I'm, I'm sorry. I've, just, I've seen enough of this to realize yesterday he single-handedly didn't give them a chance. Like, this is a team yesterday that ran for over 200 yards on the ground, the Eagles did, and they they just didn't have a chance because Jalen Hurts, they mustered seven points. Jalen Hurts could not put the ball where it needed to be. Um, For the Giants, they, I mean, they couldn't really get anything going either. I mean, this game was just awful. Uh, Jalen Hurts was 14 of 31, uh, 129 yards and three interceptions, so he was just terrible. Um, And Daniel Jones just kind of managed the game. Saquon Barkley didn't do anything at all in this game. Um... You know, it's just this was not a fun game to watch in any stretch. But my big takeaway from this one is uh, the Eagles. I I think their whole cute little fire of hey this this could be a playoff team if we win some games. I think that got squished out pretty quickly. Now they're five and seven. They're still ahead of Washington um, right now. They're still ahead of Washington in the standings. So um, look, Washington lose tonight. The Eagles, you know, are right back into being the in the driver's seat for competing for the NFC East. But after after Sunday's loss, you know, putting up seven points against a Giants team that's also bad, how do you feel anything other than like, oh, my God, this is awful? Like, how do you feel anything other than just ick? So, yeah, um, yeah, it was just a really, really ugly game. But the Giants get the win that Washington needed them to get to take Philadelphia down a peg. Um, so, you know, I'll take that any day of the week, Sean. All right, Cam Newton bench down in Miami. Dolphins went on to beat the Panthers 33-10. to 10. You know, I will say this, um, and I think it does need to be said. I, I'm not going to say I fell for it because I did say this, and Sean, you can correct me here. I did actively say this, and I've said this to you from the start. I was wrong about Cam Newton coming back into the NFL. I, I said once he was cut from the Patriots that he wouldn't actually get another gig again because he just he, he just can't physically do it anymore. Now, when he came back, that proved me wrong. I was more excited about the storyline, just the fact that he's going back down to Carolina, which felt good and was like, oh, this is kind of cool. This is a cool story. Like an NFL MVP, uh, a dude who had an unbelievably historic run in 2015, going back to his old team, like it was a cool story. But at no point did I actually think it was going to work. Like, at no point did I think he was just going to come back and pick up where he left off and be good again. I also do think that there is an aspect of, for some reason, P.J. Walker started playing. Now, P.J. Walker came in yesterday when Cam was benched. Spoiler alert. He was benched. He was so bad yesterday. Cam Newton was absolutely abysmal if it wasn't for a rushing touchdown. Like, I think he had a 5.8 quarterback rating, which I think, Sean, (laughs) if – I can't remember what ha- if you like don't throw at all. You get like a, I don't know what it is. You you get like a, a thirty or forty automatically. So you have to actively <laughs> try to get a five, which is ridiculous. But no, Cam was terrible. I mean, he was absolutely terrible. What I will say is this: is like I think the media storyline has really spun this whole thing into a Cam Newton story, 
right? The fact that he came back, he had two plays against two scoring plays where he played, I think six snaps against the Cardinals. Um, then he took off his helmet, looked in the camera, said, I'm back in the weirdest high pitched squeaky voice that made me just want to literally kill myself. Um, and to be honest with you, since then, like, it hasn't really been anything impressive. It really just hasn't been. Like, he played well against Washington. Not great. He played well. Um, and yesterday, he was just abysmal. I do think that there is a formula for Cam Newton to be okay in football. And at least with the Panthers, it's mix him in with P.J. Walker, at least. Because Cam is not accurate with the ball right now. He, he can't – I don't know if he can't physically do it anymore, if it's an injury thing, if it's a mental thing. I have no idea. But P.J. Walker gives you the best chance of pushing the ball downfield. And Cam Newton can give you that red zone style fun play or or one or two scripted plays that he's comfortable with. I don't know, though, Sean. It's just the Panthers, you know, this season I think was was lost when Sam Darnold started being bad. Um, It is still lost, I hate to say it, at 5-7 and to get blown out. Blown out by a team that, to me, is your equal with the Dolphins. Like, your, your complete equal is really, really bad. Um... So that's kind of all there is to it. Uh, on the Dolphins side of things, their defense played really, really well again. Um, their defense has now really started to figure it out, which is which is a really good thing for the Dolphins. Um, Tua completed uh, Tua completed eighty seven uh, percent of his passes in this game, um, which is pretty darn good considering he threw. I think he threw uh, over thirty passes. Uh, let me pull the stats here as my computer decides to want to stroke out on me. Yeah, 27 to 31, uh, 230, and a touchdown through the air. Um, so he was he was really impressive. Um, but look, dude, if it wasn't for a blocked punt, um, you know, and the Panthers getting that you know one yard touchdown run by Cam Newton, where they just kind of got a free seven points, like this, this game was a blowout, and it really could have been worse. So, um, yeah, just nothing really good to take out of this if you're Carolina. But for the Dolphins, you know, their defense is continuing to play well. So, big win there for the Dolphins who, again, just get two reps, figure out what he is, figure out what you want to do with him, and try to build out that defense like Brian Flores was kind of, in a sense, not brought in to do, but that's his specialty, and I think he's uh, he's starting to do that now. All righty. Let's go on to New England, where they beat the Tennessee Titans 36-13, to holding the Titans to no points in the second half. Yeah, I'm going to pitch this to you, Shine, to give us a breakdown, but I'll give you my quick take on this. Um, Patriots, here's the thing I will say about them. We always want to make this, and I, it, it, again, this is another media narrative. We always want to make this about, oh, look, Bill Belichick, they're coaching up these guys. Oh, look, there's Josh McDaniels coaching up guys. We always want to make it about the coaching staff. If you watched any of yesterday's game, Shawnee will give us a, a better breakdown of this. But if you watched anything of yesterday's game, you'll you'll realize that like players were making plays. Like Kendrick Bourne had a touchdown in the corner of the end zone where Mac Jones made a touch pass that like very few professional, like good professionals, like top ten quarterbacks could make that throw. And it was just a touch pass in the corner of the end zone to amazing catch by Kendrick Bourne that was incredible Kendrick Bourne had two touchdowns yesterday and he was just making plays left and right I mean up up and down the sideline um Johnny Smith was making plays um I mean dude I, I don't know I mean the, the Patriots this is it I this to me was beating up on a team that is so depleted injury wise that they're just a shell of what a half of what they're even supposed to be right now but if you're a Patriots fan, you got to feel good because they're playing good football at the perfect time. And this is almost all that matters right now in football is if you can get hot at the right time. What does it matter if you go 4-0 and to start the season? A.K.A. Broncos, a.k.a. you know, look, look at the Panthers. It's, what does it matter when you get hot at the right time, when you get healthy at the right time? The Patriots are kind of your example, Shawnee. Take us through what that game was to you. Yeah, well, just speaking about health first, the Patriots really have not, knock on wood, had any major health issues. I mean, our defense has been really healthy, which is an issue that we've struggled with. Knock on wood. For for years. Yeah, knock on wood, which is an issue that we've struggled with for years, um, as many teams do. It just seemed like later and later in the season, we just we were on our third stringers and bringing people up from practice squad. We haven't had this, that this year, which is good. Um, I do... I agree with you that players are making plays. I do disagree about the, you know, not wanting to, you know, give all the credit to Belichick or Steve Belichick, his son, or Josh McDaniels. Um, 
But I did mention that Tennessee was held to zero points in the second half. That's got to do. I mean, that, that's adjustments right there. Um, and Tennessee looked, I mean, they kept it close. I think it was 16 to 13 going into halftime. And then New England runs away with it, obviously 36 13. That's adjustments, Connor. The, the way that we're able to, you know, lock down the defense and, and keep the Titans from scoring and force all those fumbles and have a goal line stand that results in a fourth down interception in the end zone. That that's from defensive adjustments. And that's from reading what we saw in the first quarter for second quarter, going to the uh, halftime locker room, coming out and implementing those adjustments. So I'm going to give the coaches credit there. Um, I thought Mac Jones looked really, really good. Uh, he should have had a third touchdown. I don't know if you saw it, Connor. He overshot Hunter Henry, mm. uh, probably his worst throw of the season. Um, yeah, it was, it was ugly. He also had another pass that just, I don't know how the guy didn't intercept it. I mean, it was, it was right in the defender's hands mm. and he dropped it. Um, but those were the, the really two only big mistakes that he's made. Um, he, he, you know, continues to struggle in my opinion, I think he'll drop back in the pocket too far uh, when there's pressure coming. And when he's sacked, it's a, you know, instead of being a five yard loss, it's a 10, 12 yard loss. Um, he doesn't really get rid of the ball, but other than that, Jones looked really good. Uh, JC Jackson had another interception, Mr. INT. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean the Patriots look good. And I remember I texted you after the game and I'm sure you wanted me to mention this. <laughs> I said, man, I think the Patriots could go to the Super Bowl. And of course, you freaked out at that idea. But of course, you know you're the same person saying that Washington's going to make the playoffs. So oh yeah, okay. Because I definitely yeah, said we'll that. I there. definitely said that, yeah, didn't I? Yeah. Two weeks ago, you after they beat Tampa, you go, I don't know, Sean. Is playoffs. All right, hold on, on a minute, podcast. Mr. CNN. On First of all, podcast. All right, did it is hold on a minute, Sean. I don't know. Maybe could they make a playoff run? Is that the same as they're making the playoffs? Well, all right, New England's making the playoffs, period. All right, see, this is what you do here. It's hot takery, and then I press you on your dumbness, and then you deflect. That's not how no. this works. Yes. Uh, ask me. Ask me. Do you, I think New England could make the Super Bowl. I didn't say they will. I said could. They will be a playoff team, yep. and they could make the Super Bowl. Who? All right, Baltimore. You saw Baltimore last night. New England would have beat them. New England's beat the Chargers. New England has beat uh, the Titans. Do you New think England New England has... beats the Chiefs right now in the way their offense is playing? Yeah. Do you think New England? I could say that's a hot take. Do you think New England no, would beat an no. actual healthy look, Titans team? Look at Belichick historically against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, we can look at that all you want. I mean, we're talking about a different time. Like, we're not talking about Bill Belichick with the, with Tom Brady. We're talking about a totally different time. Also, I told you before this this episode even started. You guys have not had a hard schedule this year. And I'm not trying to take away from the Patriots. But they haven't. Right? They haven't been tested continuously by really good teams. You played the Bucs. Okay? The Bucs were off that game. You guys were oddly off that game. It was kind of a strange, I don't know what that was. It was a 19 to 17, kind of an odd feeling game. The big Brady return. Whatever that was. But, dude, the Jets, the Saints, the Texans, the Dolphins, you know, you're playing the Jets twice because they're in your division. You play the Dolphins twice. You got the Falcons, the Panthers. The Browns are clearly not good. You played the Titans, who were missing. They're literal three, one, two, and three best players. Um, you know, it's just, it's just kind of what it is. Look, you've got the Colts. You've got the Bills so, coming up twice. Right. If, That'll if be Tennessee, a test. If Tennessee had their three players, Julio Jones included, yeah. would and, and Derrick Henry, would they have won? Would Tennessee have won? Yeah, I think so. I no, absolutely, no. Dude, this game turned on <laughs> no, a dime. I do, I do think no. so. I, Tennessee Tennessee had over, at one point, uh, over 180 yards rushing, and they still only scored 100, or 13 points. Do you think Derrick Henry would have all of a sudden doubled that rushing yeah, total? Yeah, no. that came on one. No. Take away 68 of these yards on one draw play that just was a freak draw play that just turned into an absolute you know, home run. Like, take that away, and yeah, what so are we talking take about? Take that away, and they only score yards six rushing. points. Yeah, 100. Okay, then take. If you take that away, 120 yards is what teams probably average on the ground anyway weekly. So that null and voids your point. The whole thing is no, Derrick Henry. I, I heard the 180. I heard the 180, and I believe it was in the third quarter. 
I, dude, I, I don't know. I, I need to pull back up the stats because I, I moved up, on I'm and gonna, I lost I'm my damn up link. The rushing yard stats. I just lost my link. I need to pull it back up again. All I'm going to say I'll is without up. Julio Jones, like it, it's not a dismissive thing. Like when you're without your two top receivers, you're now having to deal with the fact that okay, they're not really going to go through the air. Ryan Tannehill has not played well, also to be totally frank. And there's also a, a, a mental aspect of the fact that exactly what you said, there was a dropped interception that should have been a pick six, and that just kind of started the route, right? That started the the complete route. Um, it was the opening drive of the second half, right? Um, it was a it was a really ugly deep ball throw that should have been a pick six, um, and they ended up kicking a field goal there. The Patriots go up nineteen to thirteen, and that was it. That was all she wrote because it just there was nothing. There was there was nothing that the Titans could do to answer it and the reality was is their playmakers that they turn to in a situation where it's a third and long third and short you need a big play you need a third down you need a first down you need whatever it is it was Derrick Henry and then it was AJ Brown and then when he's healthy it's Julio Jones now if you're a Titans right. fan you feel fine because in a couple weeks none of these are season ending other than Derrick Henry so hopefully you can get back to going you know get back to at least a semblance of what you were but I mean, you can't just you can't just take this Titans team. The fact that they're literally depleted on every level, also including their offensive line. That this is just you know, whatever the Patriots destroyed them. They wouldn't have you know they would have beat them no matter what. Like that's that's a BS take. No, they would have. They had 270 yards rushing, which Derrick Henry would have not done any better. No, no way he would have gotten that above you, you 300 need to, yards. You need to understand. And they still only and they still only scored 13 points. Yeah, you need to understand though, Shawnee, that when Derrick Henry is in the game, this is not just a statistical trade numbers for numbers. When Derrick Henry is in the game, it changes the game plan. It just changes the way an offense runs. It changes the way a defense approaches a game. Do you think I, that dude, they care they, half they, as much about Hilliard? They seem to stick. If you watch the game. They ran a lot. Tennessee did. They stick to the exact same formula that they would have gone with with Henry in the game. I literally not, think I think not, you're pulling that out of your colon. No, no. Two, really, 270 yards seems like they're rushing rushing it a lot, which is exactly what they do with Derrick Henry. Do, do you do you treat Dante? They're a rushing team. Do you treat Dante Foreman the same way you treat Derrick Henry? If they're rushing them as much as they rush Henry, no. you kind of have to. No, you have it's, to adjust it's, your defense it's embarrassing. to the rush. That's an embarrassing thing to say. Do you? No. All right, if, if I'm ta- all right, am I, if I'm doing sc- am as many screenplays to Antonio Gibson with Washington as I am with Alvin Kamara or with Christian McCaffrey, am I treating them the same? No, they're completely different players. Like these are literal game but changers. But it's still it's still the same. I know it's different players, but it's still the same. Y- you approach it the same. I'm trying to think of a good. I understand we'll, what you're saying, but what I'm we'll trying do, to tell we'll do, you, you, you and I, you and I are plane people. All right. It doesn't matter if I'm pilot or you're pilot. If we're flying a 737, same checklist. Yeah, but here's the thing, Sean. If I'm a better pilot than you, it does matter, and that's just so that null and voids your point as well. Here's the thing: you're no, doing a sheer doesn't. number for number. Yeah, it does because you're doing a number for number switch. You're doing the, well, if Derrick Henry ran for 180 yards, these guys ran for 180 yards. Same right. thing. That's so not the you're case. You're telling me, you're telling me if Derrick Henry was in the game, that they would have beat New England. I'm not saying they would have beat points. New England. I'm saying that it would have been a completely you different said script. They would have, you said they would have. I said they would have if they had if they had Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, and A.J. Brown because that changes no, the entire offensive that, script. Dude, it changes the script. Right. It's what it is. Whether you think that script works or not is a different argument. The fact of the matter is it changes the way the game is played. And my simple point right. to you is that you can't just take number for number. You can't just take, oh, 180 yards is equal. It's not equal at all. It couldn't be less equal. It literally is the furthest thing from equal on the planet. The question is now is, do you think that plan with Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones works or not? It's not a matter of if they're different. That's not a discussion. It is different. They're completely different game plans, and it showed itself out because the Titans were, what, 8-2 and two coming into this week? They're now 8-3. and three. Why? They're, is it anything eight, different from this week? Three, now they're eight and four. Are they eight and four? Okay, so they were eight and they're three eight and coming into this week. They're now eight and four. What is the difference between the Titans yesterday and the Titans four weeks ago? The Titans four weeks ago. I need to look up their schedule. I'm talking on the fly here. Titans schedule. <laughs> now I'm slowing down. I need to keep my roll going. I'm having a stroke. <laughs> he's he's having a bad time. Here we go. Yesterday, you played the right. you played the Patriots. You get absolutely waxed. Okay? 
on the 7th where they dismantled. This is one, two, three weeks ago. They dismantled the Rams. What's the difference? What's the difference? They also dismantled the Chiefs five weeks ago. They beat the Colts in overtime that was, four weeks that ago. Different, different Chiefs team. Don't don't use the Chiefs. That's Dude, a different okay Chiefs then. Team. Bills. They've been getting better. I'm gonna name you the, the Bills, teams that they Bills built. Bills were bad then too. They built. Bills have been hot and cold. Dude, they beat four teams in a row, and you you can do this all you want. You can make excuses. Bills, Chiefs, Colts, Rams. Okay. Win, so you, right. win, win, I'm gonna, win. I'm gonna throw What's this the at difference? Because I'm actually curious about your thinking. Everybody's healthy on both teams, New England and Tennessee. We play them 10 times. How many times does New England win? I think New England probably wins four times. I mean that. I'm I'm, going to have to disagree. I would say New England wins five. We either split it or we win an extra. That's fine. And this is, again, all of these questions are completely and utterly just our opinions. What I'm trying to tell you is that the actual concept, your thought process of the concept of transferring yard for yard where, oh, they ran for this amount of yards. Therefore, Derek Han- Henry, Hun- what in the world's going on with me? Derek Henry running. For, yeah, Derek is angry. Derek Henry running for that amount of yards is the same thing. Is an asinine concept. It's a, it's a, it's a ridiculous concept because you, you they're not the same players. They, they, res- they demand completely different levels of respect. And defensive game plans are literally changed by guys like that. So that's genuinely why I'm not trying to take away from the Patriots. I'm, I'm just – I am going to state a couple facts. They have had a very, very generous schedule. And the Patriots season, I think as of right now, they're getting hot at the right time, is going to be tested in the next three weeks. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. That's when you can actually make a judgment on the Patriots. But the whole Skip Bayless Super Bowl BS with the Patriots, it's, it's, it's crap. So I've seen nothing think- – you don't think there's a chance they can I'm not saying win the Super Bowl because I think there's teams at NFC that would beat us any day, Green Bay, Los Angeles, Tampa. Yeah. However, do you, let, let's just real quick cuz I know we want to go into other games. Let's just go through as as rosters are right now. Don't don't go into oh, well this person's as they are right now their rosters. Could New England beat Buffalo? Yeah, I don't doubt they could beat Buffalo. Do I think they okay. will? Tennessee. When Tennessee, I mean, they just did. When Tennessee's not, when Tennessee is is the roster that they were yesterday, of course the Patriots. All right, well, are let's say let, let's say everybody's back except obviously Derrick Henry because that's not going to happen. I give it a toss up. I do give it a toss up. Okay. I think you make some adjustments. I, I give it a complete toss up. I think the Raiders are a team that hot or cold. I've just the, the Patriots to me, dude. I just they they haven't played a great schedule, and I know okay. that well, we're also going to figure out what happens in Indy and when we play Buffalo. There's no way uh, the Buffalo team. A short span of time. I'm just going to say this last thing on this. There's no way a Buffalo team that plays the way that they did on. Thursday night loses to the Patriots. There's no way that a yeah, Chiefs but, team that played the way they did last week loses to the Patriots. I yeah, think that the Ravens looked have so bad last night. Both, I don't think they lose to the Patriots. Well, you also have to remember Buffalo and Kansas City uh, have been hot and cold. They have been, but um, I think that so again, it's hard they're to another. Judge. No, it is hard to judge. It is really hard to judge, but they're another team like the Patriots getting hot at the right time. So that's kind of that. Basically, what I was trying to say, New England played well against the run. They they allowed a lot of yards but you know didn't translate the points. That's a good sign in my opinion. It is. Especially uh, it is. Okay. So we'll just we'll settle down you and I both think that uh they'd split the series. All right, I we'll like do that. that. <laughs> we have other games. All right. Uh Cincinnati went to Pittsburgh. I'm sorry. Pittsburgh went to Cincinnati and beat the Bengals 41 to 10. Yep. Although it actually didn't happen cuz the Bengals actually whipped the Steelers asses in this game this was not even close and it was so embarrassing if you're a Steelers fan Ben Roethlisberger looked dead literally dead this entire game um (laughs) I don't I don't really know what to make of the Steelers um the Bengals just again they're getting hot at the right time um Joe Burrow played really well I mean this is 41 to 10 um this was a routing from from start to finish it wasn't even actually particularly close uh at all um Ben Roethlisberger with two terrible picks. Um, the, the you know I could read the stat line, but it just doesn't really read how bad it was. Um, the Steelers didn't do, and when I say anything, they didn't do anything on the ground. Najee Harris eight carries, twenty three yards. Kalen Balage twenty one yards on three carries, five yards for Benny Snell. Anthony McFarland had two yards. Um, like the, I, I like combined, this team barely 
I, I don't even think they achieved. No, they, they didn't even achieve 60 yards rushing, which is just the most embarrassing thing of all time. Um, for the Bengals, on the other hand, though, uh, Joe Burrow was was kind of did just enough, but it was a Joe Mixon show. I mean, this was this was just Joe Mixon written all over it. 165 yards on the ground with two touchdowns, 28 carries. Um, Jamar Chase has kind of gone quiet again. Um, he's come right back down to earth from where he was at the start of the season. But T. Higgins with six receptions, 114 yards, and a touchdown for them. Um, Bengals offense just got going, and, the, and their defense was just smothering. Um, the Steelers' defense was embarrassing in this one, and you know, getting T.J. Watt it just back, it just didn't literally matter at all. Um, Steelers got absolutely routed. They're they're going nowhere fast, and the Bengals are officially, officially making a run here for the AFC North. There, Sean. Oh yeah, I agree. And uh, again, Bengals are one of those teams. Uh, they started playing really well, then they kind of hit a dip, and now they're they're playing a little bit better. So mm-hmm. we'll have to see how they finish. Uh, two teams that are not playing well, Atlanta and Jacksonville. Uh, down in Jacksonville, Atlanta got the win 21-14. to Yeah, so this game sucked as well, unfortunately. But um, the uh, really the only thing to take away from this game was we talked about how awful, awful, awful the uh, Falcons looked against the Patriots uh, without Cordero Patterson. You get Cordero Patterson back. And all of a sudden, their offense is looking just fine again. Uh, Twenty-one to fourteen was the final score. Uh, Matt Ryan was not very good in this game, uh, but it was Cordero Patterson, hundred eight yards on the ground with two touchdowns. He also uh, added twenty-seven yards on the ground. Russell Gage had six receptions, sixty-two yards for a touchdown. Um, Kyle Pitts was not really involved in this game, uh, which is kind of head scratching. I don't know why they're they're not really getting him involved as much in this game. Two receptions, twenty-six yards. He did have six targets, so they were trying to get him involved, but he just you know wasn't. It, it just, it just, let's just say it didn't work out. 21 to 14, nothing much to break down from this game. Two teams kind of going nowhere. Um, one really going nowhere. Um, but uh, Cordell <laughs> Patterson coming back, that kind of was all the difference uh, that the Falcons needed to, to win uh, down in Jacksonville there, Sean. Yeah, yeah, good win for Atlanta. Probably doesn't mean much for, for sure. playoffs on either side. All right, Los Angeles Chargers are not looking too hot, Connor. Uh, they went to Denver uh, 28 to 13. They were defeated in the Mile High City. Yeah, this was a really... Uh, dude, this was a uh, this was an awful, awful game. Um, if you're the Rams, um, or not the Rams, sorry, the Chargers. Uh, there's just I I don't know what else to say. I mean, losing to a team that that I don't think is particularly good. Like the Chargers defense just is is really really bad. Um, and and Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams on the ground um were all that was needed. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater only threw the ball 18 times. Um, defensively for the, for the Broncos, they are, they're just, they're playing really, really good football right now. Um, Patrick Sertan had two picks and took one of them back for a touchdown. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, look, they're six and five. I, I really discounted the Broncos. Um, I still kind of do. I don't know though, Sean. I mean, we might need to take them a little more seriously than we're taking them. I, I don't I still don't necessarily buy them, but maybe we need to give them a little bit more respect because I you know I think their offense is bad, but Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams did did every every bit of it. Melvin Gordon eighty three yards, Javante Williams fifty four yards, and a touchdown. Um, so maybe for the Chargers, I I don't I don't really know what else to say here. Um, I think it's panic time for them. It's absolutely panic time because. I do think that they've got the roster that they need, and it's just not being put together. Um, Justin Herbert has definitely come back down to earth in a really, really strong way. He's actually looked kind of bad at times. Um, their offense, you know, outside of Austin Eckler um, and outside of, of Keenan Allen, just Mike Williams is kind of sprinkled in there a little bit. But I really don't know what to say about the, you know, about the Chargers offense. I mean, Justin Herbert had two picks yesterday, which which sucks. Um, and Austin Eckler was, was a factor through the air. Um, but t- I mean, this is a really bad loss, and the Chargers need to go back to the drawing board because their their season, at least as of right now, they're right in the playoff mix. Um, but there's just no confidence. I mean, there is no confidence in the Chargers right now whatsoever. A um, big win there for the Broncos. Now they're literally the same record as the Chargers, which is ridiculous to think about. Um, Twenty to thirteen, pretty big win there for them in Mile High. Yeah, and just looking at the AFC West standings, you got Kansas City at seven and four. Then you have a three-way tie uh, for second place: six and five Chargers, six and five Broncos, six and five Raiders. Uh, so they, they, these coming weeks, these are going to be really important to see if any of those teams can break out. And I 
I'm not even sure if we can say that, you know, Kansas City will for sure win that division, although it is looking uh, with each week that goes by that that's more likely. Um, All right, let's go on to the other Los Angeles team. They were up in Green Bay and were defeated by Aaron Rodgers and the Packers 36 to 28. Yeah, I mean, for the Packers, Aaron Rodgers looked as good as he's he's looked recently um, at any point. I mean, he just looks fantastic. Their offense is a well-oiled machine and, and all they've really ever done in the last few years is just win in the regular season and they're just doing it in really good fashion um you know i gotta tell you for the rams um there's got to be a little bit of a come to jesus with the rams uh, at this point um losing the losing to the packers in lambo is something everyone does everyone does it so it's it's not something you need to go home and cry about but for a team that has sold everything that has taken all of their firewood and decided to burn it right now instead of conserving anything for the future. I mean, Von Miller making the trade for him. It's Odell Beckham. It's making trades for Jalen Ramsey. It's, I mean, it is literally, it's Matt Stafford trades. It is all in all right now. Make it happen. The way that they're losing is, is not in good fashion. It's their defense getting gashed on big plays down the field. It's the run defense not doing much, which is really, really shocking considering the talent they have on the inside. They have probably the best football player in football in Aaron Donald, um, and they're getting gashed by A.J. Dillon up the middle in this game. Um, it was 90 hard-earned yards and, and a touchdown is is really the way to put that if you're, if you're watching that game for A.J. Dillon. Um, there's going to have to be a come-to-Jesus. Uh, Matt Stafford has looked bad at times um the last few weeks which is kind of shocking from the way he started but if you remember Matt Stafford from his Lions days it doesn't make it's not completely off the mark um he's had these moments he's had these stretches and games um but he had a pick six um he had a couple picks Russell Douglas uh had a 33 yard pick six and the Rams just just were never able to catch up um it was kind of garbage time yards for, for them and kind of stat padding at the end. Um, 36 to 28 was the final score. I mean, the Packers are just on a complete roll. Matt LaFleur should feel really good about his guys going forward. And for the Rams, they, they've got to figure some stuff out uh, because it's, it's getting bad. It's getting pretty bad, Shawnee. Yeah. Yeah. Rams uh, haven't looked like themselves uh, in recent weeks, probably starting with that Tennessee game. Yeah, uh, no that, doubt. That was kind of the, the tipping point. All right, Minnesota uh, went to San Francisco, and uh, San Francisco got the better of them, 34-26. to 26. Big win for the 49ers in that uh, NFC West, and, you know, Rams continuing to lose, then, you know, maybe San Francisco has a, has a chance to jump up um, to take that number two seed. Uh, in the NFC West, uh, obviously Arizona is probably going to win that division, but uh, San Francisco trending in the right direction. Dude, San Francisco is trending in the right direction again at the right time, right? That's that's the thing, and that's what they're doing. Um, this game to me was was kind of, I mean, these are two almost equal teams. I'd put this like same thing with the Eagles and Giants, almost equal teams on paper and on the eye test when you just watch them. Look for the 49ers here. This was this was a Debo Samuel show. He's the first receiver with two rushing touchdowns in a game um, in the Super Bowl era, which is just hilarious. Um, but he is just the definition of a hybrid Swiss Army knife kind of guy. Um, and Kyle Shanahan just knows how to use running backs. It's what he's done his entire career. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo was was completely fine in this game. Not great, but totally fine. Um, it just didn't matter because when you watch this game. Minnesota could not stop the run. I mean, there was at no point. I mean, honestly, Sean, Jimmy Garoppolo might not have had to throw the ball at all, and the 49ers could have won this game. Eli Mitchell averaged four and a half on the ground. Uh, Debo Samuel with six rushes. He averaged 11, six rushes, 66 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, Jeff Wilson, Brandon Ayuk, all on the ground. Like, Eli Mitchell with 133 yards and a touchdown on 27 carries. That could have been 45 carries, and, and I think the score would have been the same. Minnesota could not stop anything on the ground um it was weird clock management at the end of the half it was complete miscommunication burning timeouts in the third quarter and in, in early parts of the fourth quarter they had no business burning timeouts they lost the clock management game and really in a lot of ways one of my buddies who we were i was watching this game with is a diehard vikings fan he said look if this game goes long if this is a long game 
um, the Vikings are going to get pounded. And they did because it was. Uh, once the Vikings lost that clock management role and the 49ers were able to t- kind of take control and take tempo of this game and just run the ball, they did not look back at any point. Um, Kirk Cousins has, has done a really good job all season at avoiding any sort of turnovers. He had a really bad pick in this game. Um, so just a really disheartening loss um, if you're a Vikings fan because you really felt like there there were points in this game where they were up 14-7 to where you felt like they were going to run away with it, and they just never did. And and the 49ers stuck around, and, and they earned a big, big win at home um, to, to really bolster their playoff hopes in a really big way. Yeah, definitely a big win for San Francisco. All right, let's go ahead and talk about that sloppy game on Sunday Night Football. Blech. It was Baltimore hosting Cleveland. Baltimore ended up getting the win 16-10. to It should have been a lot more uh, of a lopsided win for Baltimore there. I believe Lamar Jackson threw four interceptions. Yeah, dude, and literally lost me my fantasy game. I just I wanted to swan dive off my deck watching that game last night. It sucked in every capacity. Um, I actually watched the first... I'd say the first quarter of this game I watched intently, and then I just made my way down to the Xbox because I was like, I can't, I can't watch this anymore. <laughs> I mean, none of these teams want it. It was just a gross mismanagement of a game. Um, both teams were so incompetent. I mean, there was a ridiculous stretch of plays where there was a fourth down, and I'm, I'm going to rattle this off in of memory here. There was a fourth down and short. Ravens had it in their own territory. I believe this was either in the second second quarter, maybe it was late in the first quarter. It was a fourth and short, and the Ravens quick snapped it. It was a direct snap to kind of a to a runner in the punt formation, and got the first down. The play was blown dead because they had the wrong. The refs had the wrong ball in the huddle. They didn't have the kicking ball in. They had the normal ball in. Now, by rule, you have to have a kicking ball in football. Because the, the you know you, you, when you're kicking a ball, it's you know you're scuffing it. It, it you know it it can take on a little bit of a different shape. There's there's a difference um, in in balls that you have to use. So by rule, they blew that play dead. So the Ravens then line up to go for it on the fourth down again. So now they're going for it, and this is weird jumbo formation where dudes are all over the place. It was kind of like a what in the world is going on here? But the Ravens run their guys out there and. The Browns are completely caught with their pants on the ground. They have no idea what's going on. There's players running on and off the field. And so the Ravens try to quick snap this ball. And so there's all of a sudden 12 men on the field for the Browns, and the Ravens snap it. Now, the refs give the chance for the Browns to change, which is a ridiculous rule, and the Ravens snap it anyway. So now there's 12 men on the field, a flag falls, but Kevin Stefanski calls a timeout. So they call the timeout, they pick up the flag, and then they come back on the fourth down after a timeout, and the Ravens are going for it again. This is the third time they've shown that they're going for it in their own territory, and another 12 men on the field penalty is called. Like, having 12 men on the field two times in a row after a timeout is one of the most inexplicable things that could possibly happen on a football field. People <laughs> literally should be shot for doing that, and it happened. And literally after that, I walked downstairs and stopped watching this game. So I'm not going to pretend to break down the entirety of this game. I can tell you this much. Just watching what I watched and knowing and listening to people talk about it afterwards, Baker Mayfield's bad. He is out of Cleveland after next year because he's just bad. I don't want to hear anyone say he's hurt. I know he's hurt. I get he's hurt. Do you understand how many professional football players are hurt at the end of the year and are capable of being okay? He's not. He's bad. He's leaving Cleveland. It's a real, real disaster. It is red alert time in Cleveland at the quarterback position. And then Lamar Jackson was just so, so bad. He was piss poor yesterday. There's just no two ways around it. Four, four interceptions, and they just kind of squeaked out a win that they, quite frankly, didn't necessarily deserve, but they just figured it out. They were playing a significantly worse opponent. They figured it out. You know what? And sometimes you got to survive. Um, but Lamar was so bad. Four picks. Four, and they were four abysmal picks. They weren't even like, they weren't even like, oh, I mean, I, I think one of them was a tip. I didn't see the other two. I, I saw a, a minimum of two of them, and they were just, I don't even know what he was doing. Um, look, the Ravens should just burn the tape and forget it ever happened and get prepared for next week and just kind of go back at it. Um, the Browns just have such little to feel good about. I just, I, I It's just so disappointing for a team. Uh, you ready for this stat? A team to lose 
to a quarterback throwing four picks. Because Lamar Jackson was the first quarterback to win a game with four-plus interceptions since week 17 of 2013. That was Andy Dalton through four wow. picks and still won. Ridiculous. So everyone in Brownsville should just retire. What a joke. <laughs> just a joke. All right, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even watch any of it, but I, I heard it. I and promise saw, uh, you were missing nothing. And it was, oh, I know. I know. I saw I saw the highlights. Yeah. All right. Um, That is it, Connor. That is week Ooh-wee. 12. Obviously, we've got that Monday night game tonight. Uh, Redskins, whatever you want to call them, are hosting Seattle. Uh, so that should be a good one. I think uh, Washington, you and I both have them winning. Um, and I believe this week you won the one on Thanksgiving, the Bills game. I had yes, picked, sir. Uh, picked the Saints, but I beat you 2-0 and on the Sunday games. So mm, That's a bummer. But you know what? Yeah. See, again, I think you still have – punch the numbers and post it on Instagram. I want to know how close you are. It's – I can't remember. It's probably three or four games you're ahead. I think it's probably we'll the case. We will see. We will see. see. I got I to gotta get down to that. This is going to be fascinating, Shawnee. But, hey, listen, week 12 is in the books. Monday Night Football, it's time to put this away, baby. I need to get upstairs and watch me some football. So, hail to the Redskins. Hail to whatever the hell you're called. Let's go. Let's get a W tonight. And uh, hopefully I'm not kicking and screaming on Wednesday's episode. But for Sean Olette, for me, Connor Forrest, your host, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, continue to subscribe. Continue to leave a five-star review. Um, all those nice things help. And then following us on Instagram always helps as well. We'll continue to get that content out to you all. But we will see you guys on Thursday to kick off week 13. But in the meantime, you all stay safe. Be good. We will catch you guys on Thursday. And as always, I'll catch you guys on the other side.